couple of Sunday nights ago or so, we started a new series on life. Anybody remember what that stands for? Living in fullness every day. Don't you just like that? Every day. And Pastor referenced our theme scripture this morning that I want to read it one more time. John 10, 10 out of the Amplified's kind of the basis for this series. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that you may have and enjoy. Are y'all enjoying your life? Well, we ought to be enjoying life. Just in general life, but certainly when we're born again, we ought to be enjoying the Zoe, the God kind of life. Life as God has it. This is what he intended, that we would have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Overflows. I like that song. I'm living in the overflow not overflowing with gloom despair agony heartache and all of that stuff no we're overflowing with the blessings of the lord can i get a witness amen well tonight we're going to talk about life in connection with water the connection that there is between life and water and so if i were to give it a title i think it would be life in the river i just looked this up yesterday and some of you probably already know this but let's just some facts here the human body needs food and water to survive everybody knows that a human can go more than 21 days without food, but only three or four days without water. Yeah. At least 60% of the adult body is made up of water. Every living cell in the body needs water to keep functioning. Yeah. So would you agree that water is necessary to sustain life? Yeah. Even in the natural. We're not even talking about spiritual water yet. We're talking about natural water. The human body can only go three or four days without it. And um, I was just thinking about something as I was looking at this message. How people, you know, ancestors and settlers here in this country, when they came to settle, they were always looking for a river. They were looking for water. Now, some of you may not know, but I came from a long line of pioneering spirits. I'm the pioneer woman. No, not really, but anyhow. <laughs> but um, has anybody ever heard of the Boomer Sooners? Yeah. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Well, they're from Oklahoma. A lot of people think it's just the mascot for Oklahoma University for their football team. And it is, Booner Sooners. But a Booner Sooner was someone, when the Oklahoma Territory opened up for settlement, they had different ones of these through the years. It was all in the late 1800s where they opened up part, it was Indian Territory, and they opened it up for settlers. For They could come, they could stake their claim on 160 acres. They had little flags divided up, and you had to grab that flag and then go register it, and that was your land. That was it. Well, my grandfather on my mom's side, on the Bell side, him and some of his brothers came from Missouri, and they were in one of those land runs, the Booner Sooner land run, and they staked claim on 160 acres 
which is still in the Bell family today. And what they, one of the reasons they picked the land, y'all enjoying this history lesson? <laughs> one of the reasons that they picked the land that they did was there was a river running through it, but there was also a natural spring there that when I was a kid, we'd go visit my great uncle and his family and they had this huge well that never ran dry because they built it on a natural spring. So when people go to settle land, even when they came out this way, gold miners, everyone, what were they always looking for? Water. Because water is necessary to sustain life. So now y'all know what a booner sooner is. They had their little covered wagons and they were looking for good land next to water. Well, if that's true in the natural How much more should we as believers value the living water? There is no substitute for the water of God, for the living water. And sometimes as believers, we try to drink in of things that are polluted, things of the world, things that will not satisfy. We're not supposed to drink. From any other river than the river of God. The river of life. Because how many of you have discovered things in this world cannot satisfy spiritual thirst? Do you remember when you met Jesus? Do you remember, hallelujah, how satisfying to drink in of that well of salvation? Only Jesus can satisfy the longing soul. Only Jesus can satisfy those that are thirsty, that are hungry. He said, you know, if you are thirsty, he said, blessed are those that are hunger, hungry and thirsty after righteousness. They will be filled. Every one of you sitting in here tonight, you know why you're here? You're hungry. And you're thirsty. And you came and you received of the well of salvation. And you're still thirsty for more of God. Aren't you glad there's more? There's more of Him to take in. That's why you come to a service on a Sunday night in Hayward. When it feels like it's 8 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock. Because you're thirsty. Amen. And we're going to still continue To be thirsty more. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, there's river of life that we're going to talk about tonight. It's described over in the book of Revelation. So let's look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the lamb i love these phrases that he uses to describe this river he said it was pure he said it was the river of life he called it life because that's exactly what it is full of the life 
of God, proceeding out of God and of the Lamb. Hallelujah. He said it was clear. It was like crystal. It was sparkling. Glory to God. Listen to what these definitions of pure say. Free from impurities or contamination. Containing nothing unnecessary. Not diluted. If I were to ask for a show of hands, I'm sure I would probably have some witnesses in here of people that have drank 100% alcohol. I have not. But I do imagine that if it says it's 100%, you're going to get drunk faster because it's more powerful. I do know something about perfume. And I know when it says that it's 100% perfume, it's the real deal. It's a pure scent. I like pure perfume. It smells a lot better and you have to use a lot less than OD toilet water. OD toilet water is something that has been watered down and it has a little hint, a little fragrance of the original. But this, when it is pure, it's 100%. The river of God is pure. It's 100% life. Hallelujah. There's no garbage in it. There's no impurities in it. It's not watered down. This beautiful river of life that John described here in the book of Revelation. It wasn't a figment of his imagination. It wasn't a symbol. It's real. It's there. It's proceeding right out of the throne of God. And that means if it's proceeding out of the throne of God, not only does it have life, but it's full of all of the characteristics of our wonderful heavenly father. It's full of love. It's full of joy. It's full of peace. It's full of healing. Hallelujah. Pure life flowing from the throne where our father, where our Lord Jesus Christ is seated. And it's flowing with all the characteristics that he is. Hallelujah. Now in the uh, Spirit-filled Bible, there's a little note there about this river. And it says the river not only symbolizes life, but the river symbolizes the blessings of God. I like that. Pastor's been preaching on the blessed life. Anybody in here blessed? We're blessed to be a blessing. But I like how it says this. This river symbolizes the blessings of God. If you want to live the blessed life, then we need to live in the river. Blessed to be a blessing. Get in the river and let the river get in you. Let it flow in. Let it flow through and let it flow out. And then John goes on and he says something else about this river. Wherever it goes, whatever or whoever it touches lives. Verse 2 of Revelation 22. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. 
When I read that today, I just went, oh, Lord, heal our land. Does our nation need healing? Folks, you and I are full of the life of God. We're full of the healing power of God. And not just healing power to lay hands on sick bodies, which we do have. But on the inside of us is the force of life that can bring healing to our nation. Doesn't the Bible say in Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and call upon my name, then will they hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Our words, our actions, our prayers, our containers. And they can either contain death They can contain fear. They can contain faith. They can contain life. So let your words be an expression of the life of God on the inside of you. Doesn't the Bible say, didn't my word say, I have set before you life and death choose life that you may live didn't I say that life and death are in the power of the tongue so we need our words use our words use our faith for life to flow into our nation for there to be healing where there has been brokenness, where there that there would be unity, where there has been division. So right now, in the name of Jesus, there's a Yenriki Sobreta. Yeah, right now, in the middle of this message, lift your voice with me. And we do numbere sabakata. Lord, we do pray. We pray for our nation. Lord, we don't know. We don't know everything that needs to transpire. But we speak life. Life. Life and light come in our nation. We keep Samantha. We push back the forces of darkness. We push back that Nimrosata, that spirit of death and division. And Lord, we even Nimrosibika. We pray protection over our president and over his family. All these horrible words and vision things that have been said against him against his family against his cabinet Lord we don't know my sata. folks it's not a political thing we honor the office and we honor the word that says we are to pray for those in authority our nation 
Oh, such dishonor now for the office of our president. We bind that in the name of Jesus. We bind all those death-filled words and we speak life. Life over our nation. Life in the name of Jesus. Darkness, you got to go. Division, you got to go. Lord, let there be a healing in our land. A healing in our land. Oh, let the healing waters flow. (laughs) Healing waters flow in our nation. In the name of Jesus. Well, do you agree with that? This certainly is not a one-time prayer. It's sumikare soparata. Oh, it's just so strong in me, the power and the importance of our words being carriers of life and not death. Life and not death. Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for helping us do what's right. Speaking faith filled words praying your plan and your purpose hallelujah over our land glory glory God glory to God so this is a river a river of life that proceeds from the throne of God and that verse said that it it produced a tree of life And again, in the spirit-filled Bible of of this passage, Revelation 22.2, it says this, The tree of life suggests abundant life. Everything necessary to sustain life, including perpetual health, is provided. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for life in the river. Amen. You and I should be river people, not swamp people. That is a strange show if you've ever watched it. We're not swamp people. We're river people. Hallelujah. The river of life. The children of Israel knew the importance of the river. If you study it out. The Israelites were actually a nomadic tribe, which means they followed the river. We talked about that in the beginning, the importance of water to sustain life. But this river, when it was springtime, they would cast their seeds of their harvest in this river. And then they would follow that river downstream. And when the water receded, There was that fertile ground and those seeds they had put in the water. They'd have a harvest waiting for them downstream. That's why the Bible talks about cast your bread up on the water. They cast their seed into the river and the river carried their seed out ahead of them. And when they got there and it had got receded back into its banks, their harvest was waiting for them. Woo-hoo-hoo. Talk about life in the river. Talk about harvest 
in the river. Hallelujah. Cast your seeds into the river of life. Hallelujah. There's a harvest waiting for us downstream. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. A harvest on your finances. A harvest on your prayers. Glory to God. Because there's life in the river. You get your seed in the river. It's going to cause it to come forth and to spring up. Glory to God. I'm excited tonight. Hallelujah. Some of you are with me. Glory to God. So we're to be river people. Follow the river. And it will guide and direct us into our abundant, mighty harvest. Harvest of what? Not just finances. Harvest of people. Harvest of souls. Glory be to God. Harvest of signs, wonders, and miracles. Our prayers are seeds. We pray and those seeds get into that river of life. How many of you believe in with us that the greatest days of miracles have not yet happened? We're expecting signs, wonders, and miracles. Those seeds, we water those seeds, hallelujah. And they're going to produce after their kind. You know what else is in this wonderful river? There's protection in the river. Anybody ever heard of Moses? Oh, I love the Bible stories. And they're not stories, they're not fairy tales. They really did happen. But let me just give you the background here. The children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. They went there when Joseph brought them there. And for a time, things were good. But then the Pharaoh that knew Joseph died. And when he died, a new Pharaoh came on the scene. And he put them into slavery. And he hated The children of Israel. If you'll read about it, the Bible talks about it. If you want to read this account, it's in Exodus, Exodus chapter one and chapter two. We're not, we're just going to summarize it for you. So he hated them and he was afraid of them because he said, they're multiplying too fast. And he said, even as slaves, they're stronger than we are. And they're going to overtake our kingdom. So he came up with this demonic idea. And he told the midwives, if it's a boy, a baby boy is born, you kill that baby boy. But the midwives, they honored God and they weren't going to do that. So he found out later on that after he gave that decree, all the little boys two years old had not been killed. Sounds familiar? Another guy had that same demonic thought. But anyway, so the midwife said, oh, it's not our fault. You know, the the Jewish women, they just deliver too quick. And we can't get there before they have these babies. So he had this devil-inspired idea. All right, we'll take care of it. They're going to quit multiplying. We're going to kill all the baby boys two years old and under. Well, there was a sweet little baby boy named Moses that was born during that time. And I love it. The story is really good. You want to read it sometime. But his mother, she's just knew there was something special about this little boy. So she hid him as long as she could. And then after a while, you know, boys will be boys, right, Caleb, your little guy? You can't hide him forever. They start making noise and running and playing or whatever. He was just a baby, though. But she built this little ark. And she put him in the Nile 
river. And she put his sister there watching over him. Wouldn't you know it? God's plan. You know what? What the devil means for harm. The devil is a liar and God will turn it around. The hand of the Lord was on Moses to bring deliverance to the children of Israel. Israel, And even a demonic thought from Pharaoh could not stop the plan of God. So we know his sister was watching over him. And Pharaoh's daughter goes down to the Nile River and she sees him. She hears this little baby. And she pulls him out of the river. You know, that's why he's named Moses. Because Moses means drawn out of the water. She pulled him out of the water. Named him Moses. His sister walks up and says, oh, you know, you... Do you want me to go find a nurse for him to raise him? Well, you know the story. His mom got to raise him. Hallelujah. And then he ends up, you know, being the deliverer of Israel. Thank God for his plan. But when I was looking at his story, it just came to me this, that the river protected Moses and it led him into God's perfect will, plan for his life. And it took him right into the king's palace. Hallelujah. And it gave him what he needed to deliver the children of Israel. All because his mom put him in the river. Parents, grandparents, make sure you put your kids in the river. What does that mean? You don't take them and, you know, dunk them down in the river. No, I'm talking about you get them in the river of life. You get them in the presence of the Lord. You get them in church. Hallelujah. You get them where the river is flowing. You get them to a place where they're exposed to the word of the living God, where they're exposed to the spirit of God. Get them in the river of life. Hallelujah. Let them know what it's like to be in the presence of the Lord. And when they be Krishambrata, when they've been exposed to that river of life, it will not only bring provision for them, it will bring protection for them, just like it did for Moses. And in when the enemy rises up with his plans and his schemes against their life, you got standing ground and you can declare no weapon formed against them is going to prosper. The plan and the purpose of God for my child, my grandchild shall stand. Hallelujah. The river of life is carrying them right where they need to go. Right to their destiny. Right to the place that I have designed for them to be. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. We're river people. I got any river people in here with me tonight. Woo, hallelujah. It's important that we flow with this river of the sweet Holy Ghost. And then there's another river that we want to talk about in the remainder of our time together. And this river is found in Ezekiel. Hallelujah. The prophet Ezekiel had a vision of this same river 
that John saw in the book of Revelation. If you compare the two, you can see some similarities there. They were seeing the same river. And over in Ezekiel chapter 47, we'll begin at verse 1. Got any river people in here with me tonight? Then he brought me back to the door. And you know what? We're going to read all of this and don't get hung up on east, west, north, south and all that stuff. We'll just read this. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate. And he led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. So don't get hung up on which direction the water was flowing and where all of that stuff. The significance was this. The water was flowing from the temple, which represents our churches. Our churches are supposed to be reservoirs of living water. Our churches are supposed to be places of life, the river of life where people come in and they get wet in the presence of God and their sins are washed away and their lives are restored and their bodies are healed. I'm saying let the river flow. In this place, even tonight. Amen. Amen. Living water that flows to hurting, sighing, dying humanity. Continue reading here in verse 3. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000. And it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. Woo-hoo-hoo. That phrase there, let's just look at this a little bit. That phrase there, he brought me through, is used three times in this passage. He brought me through. Can I get a witness that God has brought you through. Anybody ever been through something? Anybody ever been in a hard place, in a tough situation? And he brought you through. Hallelujah. He, it's talking about here. I don't know if it was Jesus. I don't know if it was an angel, but it's symbolic to us that he was a heavenly guide. We have a heavenly guide. Hallelujah. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And he will lead us. He will guide us. He will show us things to come. He will show us which way to go. He is the one that leads us into all truth. And he will lead us into 
in the right place at the right time. He will lead us to be connected with the right people. He will bring you through. Hallelujah. And this heavenly guide here with the prophet Ezekiel, notice he didn't pick him up and just throw him out in the middle of the river and say, swim. Like some people do with their kids, throw him in the pool and say, swim. No, he was gentle. He was there. He was guiding him, but he was lovingly encouraging him and provoking him and exhorting him to go deeper. But he was going with him. He brought me through. He'll bring you through. Hallelujah. He'll bring you where he wants you to go. This passage is a picture of there is more. Anybody in here believe there's more? Anybody in here hungry for more? To know more of God. To go out into deeper realms with God. Amen. Amen. To experience Him on a higher level. This is a picture of what He wants for us as Christians. Too many Christians are, they're satisfied to get born again. And I'm glad I'm born again. Are you all happy that you're born again on the way to heaven? Singing and shouting the victory. But salvation is the entry point. You see the progression here. He says, okay, you're in the river now. You're in ankle deep. And some some Christians are like, yay, I'm in ankle deep water. I'm in the family of God. I'm in the river of life. But they're stuck there. And that's as far as they ever want to go. That's like splashing around in the kiddie pool when you could be out enjoying the beautiful swimming pool. Don't stay in the kiddie pool. There's lots more in God. So we see the progression. He was ankle deep and then he was loins deep. That's good. That's better. But you know what that means? You can still touch the bottom. You're still in control if the water's to your lines. So he said, okay, come on. There's more. There's more. And then it says it was waters to swim in. That's where we are heading. We're going to let him take us where he wants us to go. Where does he want us to go? He wants to take us into that land of revival into that land of much, much more, that land of healing, signs, and miracles, abundant provision. There's life in this river. And he's He's exhorting us and he's encouraging us to jump into the river and to let that water flow into us. Not just so we can get wet. That's the first stop, step. But so the waters can flow out of us. We are to be bringing living water to dry places. We can't bring living water to dry places if we are dry ourselves. 
Beti brosikirenta. Beti demasombreta. But we also need to realize, if you'll read more in that passage, we're not going to read all of that, but it, it talks about in verse 9, that wherever the river went, there was life. It brought life. There it is. Look at that. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. So it's back to us speaking right words. It's back to us using our faith and not saying, oh, they're too dead. They're too dry. Nothing could ever happen in that group of people. Nothing could ever happen in my family. No place is too dry. No group of people are too dead or too far gone in darkness that this river of life won't make a difference. If we'll pray, the river of life will touch them. And it says here, there will be a very great multitude of fish. You know what that represents? Harvest. That represents People, If we will be God's water boys, if we will let that river get in us, get in the river and let it get in us and flow out of us, wherever our prayers go, wherever we go, hallelujah, wherever your feet go, whoever you touch, you are carriers of life, carriers of the anointing. And wherever we go, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There ought to be a change. There ought to be a difference that happens in people's lives just by the just by coming in contact with the life of God in us. But we can't be miserable. We can't do these things if we're content to stay dry spiritually. If we're happy to just set on the river banks and wave to people out in the river and say, oh, isn't it great? They're getting wet. Isn't it great? They're having such a good time in Jesus. Isn't it awesome? They're getting filled with the spirit and you're just sitting there waving at them. Oh yeah. Hi. No, get off the bank and get in the river. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, just pray with me.